everyone, this is Sierra. Welcome back to The Lotus. And today I'm joined by an awesome friend of mine, Jolene. Um, she has joined a few other episodes. You might know her from, um, such as the second part of the 40 Questions series and the Conspiracy Theory Subliminals episode, and just recently the Billie Eilish episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, today we will be discussing a subject um, most is probably familiar with at this point in our society. The effect of social media and the slow deterioration it has on our mental, physical, and emotional health, but also the high responsibility influencers have to spread important information and basic steps to maintain our well-being. Some of the things we're discussing today may be like a broken record, but some things may definitely surprise you. Here are some subjects we're exploring. Uh, we are exploring cancel culture slash equals, uh, cyberbullying, social media addiction, and presenting differently online, and we're also going to talk about incels and white supremacy. And um, if you guys want us to go more in depth on any of these topics, you could DM the Insta, um, the Lotus Instagram, because all of these topics, they're just so heavy and there's so much to them, and we're going to be getting into as much as we can today. But if you guys are interested, we could always cover them more in depth. Yeah, we can always do a second, you know, approach to this if you want something a little more specific. Because, um, you know, social media just continues to offer more and more interesting things to cover. And um, we could only go into the surface, really. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you ready? Yeah. So our first topic is going to be about cancel culture and ignorance. Cancel culture is one of the most commonly known internet phenomenons. It has to do with parasocial relationships in which the audience adores the influencer or creator, but the audience also wants the influencer to know that they have a huge effect and impact on their lives. When people try to cancel someone for something seemingly small, the audience only engages with it because they want the creator to know that they have control over their lives and career. Sometimes these creators are canceled for horrible things they have done to others and their audience. Sometimes they are under scrutiny for actions of the past. Sometimes some of them are very small and often misunderstandings. And some of them are for things out of the creator's control. One good example of cancel culture is James Charles. James Charles, when the initial allegations came out against him, people immediately canceled him. Then these were later proved false, but then again proved true. People quickly followed and unfollowed and followed James Charles because they couldn't decide if he was a good or not. They constantly tried to cancel him, and the phenomenon about watching their subscribers go down started. Um, YouTube decided not to show subscriber count because they didn't really like how everyone was like watching the subscriber count go down during like this Dramageddon thing. So they like. Um, YouTube permanently altered its platform because of Justin Charles. That's pretty wild. And they also removed um, dislikes too. Yeah, they did that a while later. But yeah. And the thing about cancel culture is that sometimes it can actually make celebrities more popular. Take, for example, the Kardashians. They get into so many scandals and controversies, and this causes them to stay relevant. People still interact with them because of their popularity and their status. Cancel culture is usually not about truly canceling someone, getting them off the web, and not caring about them anymore. It is often about attacking them online and immediately forgiving them after. This is why it does not work that well. No matter how bad the action or how weak the apology, 
if the celebrity is very famous, it does not matter what they have done, they only become more relevant. While many people on the internet have been canceled for valid reasons, such as the creator exhibiting traits that come from racism, misogyny, and homophobia, some creators uh, get canceled purely out of jealousy. And I just want to talk about, like, um, often the people that attempt to be canceled or are canceled aren't, aren't like, straight white women or straight white males. Often it, like, affects people that, you know, um, aren't, you know, traditional. Yeah. They're minorities, too. Yeah, mostly they get, like, actual consequences and, like, they get actually hurt by their action, whereas, like, sometimes white people will get away with it a lot, a lot easier. Exactly. And it's just so common now that we're just kind of immune to it, in a way. Um, but it just goes to show that people will support you if you're that, you know, influential. People will support you no matter what you do. Um, for example, I'll bring up Shane Dawson. I don't care to go into the drama that what he was canceled for many times over the past month. But um, there's always supporters that will come back to support him. Yeah, of course, he's done horrible, he's horrible, done things, horrible things. If you look into it, real but, evidence against him, like video footage, video footage, yeah. dialogue, like audio footage, where he's proven time and time again to be true and authentic. Um, people will always continue to support him because maybe they lack that uh, understanding in their life that. Some people don't deserve to be forgiven, and that's okay. I feel like they also forget like how impactful their like their one view is, like their one like is, their their one subscribe is, because um, you know the people that continue to support him and continue to watch his videos and continue to give him money, like maybe they're like, oh yeah, that is pretty wrong, but like what can like watching one video hurt or like you know, but. Every time you do watch one of his videos, like he gets adsense off of it, and he still benefits. And like, so many people have this mentality that it's just, oh, I'm only one person, I can't do that much. But it's millions and millions of people thinking that, and that's kind of why they remain relevant. It's because of the curiosity and the privilege that he has. Exactly, and they do profit off of their canceling. Um, for example, when a YouTuber is canceled and then they come back later on for their apology video. Um, they actually get like 10 times, isn't it like 10 times more ad revenue than before because they will be, um, you know, platformed, they will be broadcasted on um, YouTube's like top 10 of that yeah, week or some something. Some people even get to the news. Like they, they do. Like some, like Logan and Jake Paul, like when they were canceled, like no one really knew about them before. Like I was like a kid and I wasn't really on YouTube yet, but I had never heard of these people before. But when they did that horrible thing, they got on the news, they became famous, and people, yeah. I saw them for the first time, like, I knew who they were, and they became relevant for the first time because of their horrible action. And it gets to the point where um, these YouTubers, they're almost being praised and rewarded for their bad behavior, because think about it, um, you're, they're getting paid, I think it's like $7.99 for, per like and follow. Um, by YouTube themselves. It doesn't matter for what video they're doing. It doesn't matter the context. It doesn't matter at all what people think of it. What matters is it's making money, whether it's wrong or right. And that's all they see at some point. Yeah. I'm sure there was a point where James Charles or whoever was been canceled a lot in the past where they just, they kind of don't care because if money's still coming in, that's what matters to them. Yeah. And like, um, 
but the other side of it is some creators like really don't have horrible immoral actions and some people sometimes people really do just attack them out of jealousy like how we covered like in the Billie Eilish episode like people were just fat shaming her and the thing about like influencing YouTubers a majority of them are women and yeah. a majority like almost all of them like get profit after off of how they look and like what their like lifestyle is and um, but sometimes people just get very jealous of them which is like kind of understandable but um, yeah so some creators get canceled for uh, for their bodies like Billie Eilish or some of them get canceled for making like quote-unquote basic content so I can kind of think of like Emma Chamberlain and like or like the, how the audience like said she was like oh they've changed now but like that's not really a good thing to cancel them for or like exactly that and because they can't really control like what happens in their life yeah. And I was going to talk about this a little further later on, but um, influencers a lot of the time deal with the very relational thing that um, parasocial parasocial relationships, for exactly like that they feel their audience feels like they kind of depend on them to just serve them like that same persona all of the time, no matter what is happening in their life, even if they're a kid. Like Emma Chamberlain started YouTube when she was like. 15 or 16 or something um as they're growing up as they're you know developing their identity they still kind of get annoyed and angry because they feel like the influencer owes it to them to be that same person all the time yeah and throughout their entire life and they should be allowed to grow and change grow and change like the rest of us and this can have like a really bad effect on the creator they often get a lot of hate and it's hard to um Nicole Raffi quoted this in her video. It's hard to constantly receive good message and people absolutely loving you than to come to like hating you without having a real reason. Just like floods and floods of hate or dislike comments. And some of them get death threats. And a lot of YouTubers like tend to quit because they're being stalked. And um, it can be really sad for like the creators that are innocent and don't like morally hurt their audience you know yeah exactly and that brings me into the next thing i'm going to be talking about which is cyberbullying so that's kind of your trigger warning if you've ever dealt with cyberbullying yourself and you really don't want to hear it then um i would stop listening now but for example and i'm going to reference this again um many characters get canceled for their bodies and making basic content or saying that they've changed and um Insults are targeted to women, which is absolutely unfair. But cyberbullying, when anyone decides to join the internet, is they're immediately vulnerable to cyberbullying attacks. I mean, I've gotten it sometimes, and I have a very, very small following compared to other influencers. I'm not saying I'm an influencer. I'm just saying that I have a platform to talk about this through social media. Um, but people will complain about certain things that really are not even my control. And even if it is in my control, it still upsets me because I want to please everyone. But imagine that like times like a hundred. So you can easily delete messages. You can easily hide accounts and bury ugly comments you send to strangers and even friends that you would probably never actually say in person. But it still encourages, um, it still continues to encourage this problematic behavior. Um, like the way Julie mentioned earlier in converting the concept of modern cancer culture, 
even after one is exposed to committing unfavorable acts through social media communications, there's still really nothing stopping them from hiding what the public doesn't like it to see. To carry on their careers as if nothing happened, making it even harder for victims to come out against them um, because receipts are limited to use as proof. So I'm going to cite this, and all of the sites that we reference will be in the description of this episode. And according um, to... Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Um, I've also made a playlist of like all the YouTube videos we use to cite this. I'm not sure like how I'm going to be able to get it to y'all, because it might be a private one, and I'm not sure if I can change that, but uh, we will try, and we will try to get you those videos. We have yeah. quite a few really intelligent creators like helping us like with the with studying this. So, yes, yeah. for our research. And of course, if you don't get the playlist, there is just kind of a list of videos that will be in the description of this. Um, and another quote that I found is, um, one of the hallmark traits of cyberbullying is that victims are in power and balance situations with their bully. This is just super different to just traditional bullying in any place in person. This can be especially true if the bullying takes place in a public forum and adds, in order to be a bully in real life, you typically need to have some advantage over your victim. This might mean you are physically larger than them. It might mean that you are more popular than them, whatever it is. Or it might mean that you have some sort of power and balance over them and some kind of social clique. In contrast, anyone can be a cyberbully. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter at all. All that matters is that you make them feel as vulnerable as possible and just strip them down from everything that makes them feel valid ever again. It's just very, very dangerous, and it's much more dangerous than traditional. There's no need to have a physical dominance or popularity inside of bullying. This means that people who want to bully you can easily do it on the internet regardless of their status in their real life. They can use a fake account, and no consequences will come most of the time. And this leads us into the next topic, which is social media addiction. Okay, so... Um... It's no secret that most people have a social media addiction. It's literally designed to be as addictive as possible and will only become more addictive. If someone asked you if you were willing to waste time, money, and countless opportunities to sit with your back arched, watching a screen for long hours, you would probably say no. But still the wide majority of our world uh, does do this very thing as many times as the uh, day comes. Do this thing as uh, very many times a day. It's only natural. In 2014, it was concluded that researchers estimated that 6% of the world's population is clinically addicted to the internet. The world's population is roughly 7 billion people, give or take, so that makes about 420 million people addicted to the internet. And it's still growing. You probably don't realize you yourself have a social media addiction before it's too late and you're knee-deep into a thick turmoil and it will take a gracious amount of effort and support to get out. It's better you know what's really your biggest priority rather than allowing the algorithm to decide that for you. And I'll be talking about like why it's so addictive in like a further section, but um, yeah, like I definitely experience social media addiction. It happens in and out. Um, another thing I'm going to reference is TikTok. TikTok is designed to be as addictive as possible, and I think it was rated last year to be the most addictive platform in the span of 20 years of the development of social media and, intern and internet. <laughs> and 
of course, you know, when you're feeding harmful content to your audience, which Jolene will be talking about pretty soon, people are in vulnerable states, you know? Yeah. And that's what, that's what makes social media addictions as possible as they can be. Yeah. So, yeah, our next section will be feeding harmful content to your audience. And I'll be talking about that a little bit in my section, but I think Sarah's going to talk mostly yeah, and um, like when people are in a vulnerable state, like I said, especially teenagers, they tend to escape their own worlds by exploring the internet and the infinitely wide variety of entertainment and stimulation it has to offer us. It's also like a sensory stimulation, which, you know, I can talk about neurologi neurologically. Um, when people lack sensory stimulation in their life, they'll use it whatever they can, which will be fidgeting, which will be exercising, which are the healthy ways to control that sensory but um social media it offers that and sometimes it's overwhelming to you but it continues to make you want more and more to the point where you forget all of the other healthy coping mechanisms for sensory um and then you will just rely on the internet to provide that to you with those bright lights and the blue light which is really addictive but this it's some powerful content but are not limited to online abuse like we talked about earlier bullying or harassment talked about earlier threats impersonation which we'll always we'll talk about later um catfishing and identity theft unwanted sexual advantage um violent and graphic content self-harm or suicide content and pornographic content as well as um body dysmorphia and eds exactly it will it kind of just goes along from there which is online abuse and unwanted sexual advantage but also violent and graphic content includes but are not limited to um body dysmorphia which is obviously progressively becoming more and more common so like Jolene is going to say, it's only proven by science. Any problems that are already prevalent in one's mind can be magnified and exploited by social media. Yeah, this kind of goes into our subliminal episode, but because like, um, you know, the internet uses subliminals quite a bit, like more than we realize, it definitely magnifies and exploits your issues. Um, I'm gonna go into a little bit of personal experience here, trigger warning for ED and dis body dysmorphia, but um, I was at a time in my life where I was like very, very sad and I was overweight because of this and I wanted to make healthy steps to get better and I really wanted to like do it the healthy way and um, be okay with that. So I looked up um, exercising videos, right? And these were like very supportive. They were great people making these exercising videos. But the more I engaged with like the healthy exercising part of it, the more I would get like videos like abs in two weeks or like you can lose this much weight in like this amount of time and like um, I look like this after doing this workout program and it became like very very unhealthy for me yeah. like I had good intentions and I truly did want to make myself just better in a healthy way but the algorithm because they knew I was in a vulnerable state like it would constantly feed me these videos and I would start like body checking and it would get so bad to the point where I would like do exercises like over and over and over and over again and um, and I like constantly body checked but I got so tired and exhausted from like these exercises and like constantly being fed this content that I would just have to quit like quit exercising in general but like I really did have good healthy intentions but like 
the algorithm chose to feed to my vulnerability and it like really harmed me. Exactly. And the algorithm, like I said, we're going to keep referencing the algorithm, but it does not care about your mental health. It does not care about what's going to help you and what's going to make you worse. Um, if you are already vulnerable with the BD, you know, if you're vulnerable, it's just, you know, traditional insecurity, like, you know, if you were saying, um, it's going to feed into that because if, if it's profitable for them, they're going to use it no matter how unrealistic it is because obviously you can't lose 10 pounds in 10 minutes. It's just impossible. Yeah. But if they think you might believe that and they think that you might want to lose 10 pounds in 10 minutes, that's just an example. But it will feed it to you until it makes you really sick and probably hurt. And so that's if, a warning. And even if, like, you know, like, you, you want to quit and you don't want to be part of this, it will continue to show you that media. And it will also continue to show you, like, um, unhealthily skinny people. And, like, we'll continue to, like, um, instead of, like, letting you quit and, like, letting you, like, ease off of it, it'll just, like, oh, they're not interested enough in this, but we know we can gain their interest because we have in the past. They'll continue to feed you unhealthy exactly. content. Exactly, and it's very dangerous, and this is just why I believe that screen time should be limited to people, especially that are in vulnerable situations, especially people under 18, and um, it should just be better known. It's not the algorithm's fault it's designed that way, because it's a robot. It doesn't have feelings, and it doesn't know it's doing something wrong. But, but I feel like people are people in control of the know. algorithm, exactly. and they, they should do better. Exactly. But they don't want to because it causes them to make more money to, like, They'll lose money if feed people's insecurities yes. and, like, their vulnerability. Because, let's be honest here, they make money off of your sicknesses. Yeah. So, yeah. Next, we're going to be talking about some, well, Jolene is going to be talking about escapism, hyperreality, and presenting differently through social media. Yeah. Um, so, this social media. fun. I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah, I have so much information on this one, so I'm probably not going to use the script that much. But um, social media also presents a problem of being a completely different person online and being pressured to do or say certain things. People want to seem better than they are. They want the perfect lives. They want to seem very passionate about social issues. They want to present the best bodies they, um, they can have. They want to seem very kind and like they can do nothing wrong. Um, one YouTuber quotes, I realize that a lot of the things I do in my life is pretty much motivated by social media. For example, if I envision my dream house, it wasn't just what I wanted. It was, will it look good for a YouTube or an Instagram post? So there clearly is a rise in people addicted to social media. More and more people want to become an influencer these days. But what are some of the links that they will do? Uh, do uh, oh my gosh. What are some of the links that they will take? How, how authentic is it, and how can it be harmful to the creator and the viewer? So, talking specifically about the body and things, that kind of ties into feeding the harmful content, but people will um, go through, like, horribly, like, life-threatening surgeries and BBLs to, like, get that Instagram look and to get, like, promoted by the people who do these surgeries. Um, people will use filters, which is a bit more common and a bit more lax. But we do have to remember, like, I mean, I can't really speak on this because I do fit your essential beauty standards, but, like, so many filters promote that. Like, they lighten your skin. They, like, make smaller noses. 
and they make like the things and trend like bigger lips and like bigger eyes and like all these things that like promote to that beauty standard um some celebrity uh, most celebrities have teams dedicated solely to editing their body so that it looks realistic enough and a lot of people don't know this but there can be extremely realistic uh, filters on TikTok that like make you look like you have a different body than you really do. You won't be able to tell the difference probably most of the time, but yeah. I can guarantee like probably 95% of people, like influencers, especially female influencers, um, female presenting influencers will probably wear filters and like all of their Instagram photos are highly edited, highly like photoshopped, which is there's nothing wrong with photoshopping your body, but you have to keep in mind the people who are viewing your content. And thinking that they can achieve that body naturally. Exactly. It's never natural, and it's never, it never should be, you should never try to modify your own natural body to fit a filter, which is made by artificial intelligence, which is made by, you know, people behind a computer screen. It is, it means nothing, which is no surprise, you know, social media is fake. No yeah. surprise. It's okay. It's okay to use filters, but you have to you have to become comfortable with what's outside of the filters. What's yeah. natural. And yeah, and that also kind of leads into the ED part where people will like very very make their like make their bodies much much smaller than they are. And yeah, um, presenting lives differently. People will like. I've heard of uh, aspiring influencers going into debt, like buying like designer items and like buying designer things so that they will become an influencer and that they will hit like the market and then they'll finally like get that money back and get that investment back. But um, they really just go into debt, like trying to pretend that they're very rich and have an amazing lifestyle. And some people will like also be this will kind of move into our incel movement, but like some uh, men will pretend to be very, very feminist in order to appeal to women. Yeah, like, I've seen that. So like, I've, this is gonna be very controversial, but like, there's like they say like, um, you guys should be able to wear whatever you want. Like, but it's men saying that. Like, it's creepy men. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, they don't. They don't care about your liberation. They don't care about your feminism. They just want to see you in something that's more revealing. It always just goes to, like, these people, what they care about the most is numbers. They don't care about the individual that they're getting. If they can get a number of following, if they can get a number of girls in bed with them, that's what they care about. Yeah, and they just care about the attention. Even if, like, they truly aren't feminist, a lot of them, but they'll pretend to be, and they get huge followings off of it because women are, like... Um, very in need of like great men that are uh, genuinely feminist so they'll like rely on creators that seem nice or seem great and this can also play into like homophobia too like like creators will like uh, I mean sorry people who are gay will rely on like people who are not homophobic and don't present that way but in reality they might be they just know that they'd be making money off and that goes to show like it's now july but um last month was pride month and 
this is just a common thing, but many brands and um, companies will portray themselves as LGBTQIA plus friendly when really it's just profiting and, you know, what we talked about in Billie Eilish's episode, queer dating. Yeah. Just getting as many people as possible, the population, especially younger people, to buy their products because they support their Pride Month. Yeah, and I was watching this um, creator, Jesse Page. If you guys know Jesse Page, I love Jesse Page so much. <laughs> but um, she was talking about, like, on her Instagram story, like, I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. Like, the entire year, I never get, like, not never, but I rarely get brands and sponsorships. But now that it's Pride Month, people, like, so many companies have reached out to me, and so many people want to do this with me. But, like, the... I never have this many sponsorships unless it's during Pride Month, you know? It's just a marketing strategy. Yeah. It hurts to admit it, but it is. It's just a marketing strategy. It doesn't matter. They don't have feelings. Companies don't have feelings. The people in them have feelings, but the company itself does not have feelings and does not have the capability to care for people. Yeah. But anyways, um, do you have anything else to say? Yeah, I, I do have quite a few things. But yeah, people will present to be more feminist, um, not racist, um, not homophobic, like online. And they'll present themselves to be more accepting to get like attention and like followers and people liking them just because they may know like it's like they don't truly care about those things. They just want the attention for it. Like yeah. one huge example, I'm sure if y'all have ever been on Instagram, you know this one, but it's like tap in if you're um, not racist or tap in if you like yeah. are not homophobic and things like that. And it's like, well, obviously I'm not. Like, why would I have to prove it with this? Like if I know I'm not, you know? It's just using people's, you know, it's using ethos, which is an emotional appeal in arguments, uh, to win people over that you look bad if you do not use this. You look bad if you don't promote me because it makes you look like you're racist or homophobic or something when really you're not. And you shouldn't have to prove that with an add-on. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, I, um, yeah, I think about, like, the girls who, like, People wouldn't wear a kindnesses key shirt and treat you rude all day, but they're able to do that online. They're able to have a quote like below their head that says kindness is key. And it's true online. It's at least true online. And that kind of feeds into like the social media addiction and like the escapism of it because you are your perfect self online and you are like everything you've wanted online. Even if it's not true in real life, like it's just, you're perfect there even if you aren't in real life. And that's just like such a great, well, I wouldn't say great thing, but like a great thing for you to experience if you want, like to have finally have that dreams of you being a perfect person to come true is fulfilling, even if it's kind of toxic and toxic. still feeds into the addiction. Yes. And this is what we call performative activism when we're doing research about parasocial relationships on social media. This is what people want to believe about themselves, even though when they know themselves, this is not true. And I'm totally going to be a bitch to everyone when I go back to school and I'm around people and I get annoyed because I'm not used to being around other people my age. But I want to believe that everyone who clicks on my profile on Instagram will believe that I'm completely different from that. Um, like anyone, anyone can do it. Anyone can say anything about themselves. You can lie about whatever you want to. 
no one will stop. And I think part of them believes that, oh, like, if I'm kind just online, that's enough. Like, it doesn't really matter what I do in real life. I'm kind online, though, you know? Yes, exactly. And that's sometimes that's the relationship. The only relationships they really care about is the ones that they make online because that's the most profitable relationships. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard people saying, like, when you, like, look up to these people who have, like, super edited bodies, super perfect lives, super kindness and like everything that you've wanted like there's a quote that says oh you can't judge like the best of what they have without knowing like what goes behind the surface but I feel like this quote fails to recognize that someone's best online looks nothing like what our best is like what our best is online and it kind of like leads to competitiveness like we can always know that like people are going through horrible horrible things but like look they do have this they do have this amazing thing they do have this amazing body they do have this even if it's not real it's like but their best looks looks nothing like my best because people talk about comparing their best to your worst but like honest like their best to your worst or the their best to your real life but like we fail to recognize that their best can sometimes like be completely staged staged and like like, yeah you know what I mean like the best of the best doesn't compare to my best you know exactly because like I said it's subjective to the context of what someone was going through like let's say what you consider your best is the time you won an award for I don't know helping people whatever you want to fill in the gap there but this person won an award for doing something completely different but they also fail to tell you that it's because they work for this person and they've been working harder since this person. They have been in this program for years and they've been working hard at this when you just started. So you really cannot compare at all with people, especially through social media. Yeah, um, yeah and then Ciro will start talking about like the incels and white supremacy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so that would be kind of like um, my last point about, you know, why social media, creative versus observer concept. But um, you have probably heard of incels like white supremacy before through social media if you've been on there for quite some time. But some say the Internet is a place for everyone of all opinions from big to small. Everyone in the world includes predators, racists, rapists convicted criminals, and just generally angry people that have a very, very misty, like, a better life, better chance at life attending therapy rather than communicating through online means. And that goes for thousands of people. And according to Urban Dictionary, are short for involuntary celibate. And you can look that up on your own accord. Often built like a Discord mod, probably uses Reddit, gets no bitches, says the R, hard R, which is the N word if you don't know what that is, while being whiter than Wonder Bread, smells like Axe Body Spray or BO, plays COD, and makes overused, I identify as attack helicopter jokes. Has never, never felt, felt the, the touch of another, another woman, woman except that of his mother when she handed him snackies as, as a child. child. Sorry, that's my favorite description ever. I, I just know, had to join it's in. It's just so, like, goofily realistic to be yes. an actual incel online. Yeah. They're notorious for being misogynistic and sharing their overall dislike for women online. Um, social media also presents the problem of being a completely different person online, as we were talking about earlier, is like, 
Like they may not have like activism. The, yeah. Like they may not have the boldness to be this horrible to a woman in real life, but online they can do that. They can do it whatever because no one is stopping them. Of course they wouldn't. And say communities the are even supporting them, you know? Like communities are even encouraging, encouraging them. Yeah. It's all encouraged. It's always just they get positive re- they get positive affirmation for saying the worst and most offensive thing on yeah. social media. Um, it also presents the problem of a completely different person online, which I already talked about, but um, they like to seem like they have social issues. They want to be pretend to be passionate and present the best bodies that they seem very kind and like they do no wrong. But um, they like to present their bodies. Oh, I was reading the wrong script. Never mind. Okay, anyways. Um, That's okay, bestie. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, it goes, so, they're notorious for being misogynistic. They're notorious for being misogynistic. Okay, I found it. Probably because they have been rejected many times by women, by them, and have, quote, mommy issues. Deep down, they have insecurity issues or lack social awareness and acceptance. And like I said earlier, these people are better off going to therapy than talking to people online. Yeah. But there's nothing you can totally do about that. Because they don't really want to fix their issues. They believe, like, that they their misogyny and their horrible actions are like, well, not just misogyny, because we're talking about racism as well, but like yes. their misogyny and their racism is completely valid to them. They think it's like so right and the rest of the world is wrong. And they will try to convince people to, as much as they want to convince them that they are right for being this way. Probably because they've been rejected so many times, like I said, but um, I'm gonna be talking about one person idolized in most in self communities as Elliot Rogers, who executed the 2014 um, East La Vista, California massacre, shooting down and killing seven innocent people and injuring 14. His motive was revenge for perceived sexual and social rejection, misogyny, incel ideology, and had developed throughout his high school years. He actually was very active in the online incel community at the time and even owned a YouTube channel where he documented a lot of his beliefs and some of his plans. You can still find them, his manifesto to this day, but I wouldn't look at that if I were you because it's just... It's, it's like just really, really long. And it's yeah, it really is really sad. And it's just depressing and it just makes you feel bad for him. Even but, he kind of doesn't deserve it. But kind of. He does not deserve it. No, Sorry. he does not deserve the pity. But no. anyways, he killed innocent Wei Han Wang, um, 19-year-old George Chen, 20-year-old Chen Quan Kong, 19-year-old Veronica Wace, 22-year-old Catherine Cooper, and 20-year-old Christopher Martinez. Um, I'm so sorry if I pronounced any of those names. Elliot Roger took his own life after these killings. May they all rest in peace. It's an imperfect solution. Incels are diverse and loose-knit movement drawn together by two things, a burning misogyny and a nearly cult-like belief that sex is a necessity that should be guaranteed to all young men no matter what they say to women to get them to do it. It only gets more dangerous when fellow incels encourage each other to commit crimes similar to these. They look up to people like Elliot Rogers and also the Columbine shooters, but I don't even want to say their names. They're just disgusting. And inspire to be as hateful and um, deactivate the dictative. Is that that dictative as him? Okay. At the end of the day, there are two worlds the one we perceive it to be and the one it really is. And um, more about incels, they often like 
as she said, they were like dr- uh, driven by like a sense of insecurity, but it's like they have this belief. Um, there's a really good video on Vice about this, about hunting down incels, and we'll try to link that. But um, it talks about how they believe there's um, a Chad and he's supposed to be like the perfect masculine person. He's supposed to be like extremely strong and he's the only one who gets women and um, it has nothing to do with his personality. It only has to do with his physical looks and men in this community are often like driven to like look like these men but they believe they never can and like they like go further and further down like that rabbit hole of hate and like insecurity and they just believe that they'll never ever be able to get women because of their looks when really like I mean personality is in everything but it's a huge huge factor you know it's really interesting too because a lot of people on social media are not responsible for their own insecurity it's usually because they are influenced by very many influencers that use body filters you know have different body types different physical or often like they take like a lot of men take steroids and stuff and that's kind of what yeah. like the insoles like i i uh, idealize as like that perfect man and he's like huge he takes steroids he's extremely buff um but he never actually shared that he uses steroids every day um when going to the gym and then everyone is left out of context of that and then they feel insecure yeah so that's because that's when people are not responsible for their own insecurity but, but they are responsible are for the responsible. hate they project because of this yeah yes so incels are responsible for their own insecurity because of these reasons they make these things up themselves they make up the chad concept they make up um the stacy concept the stacy concept they make all that stuff up to just continue to validate their anger and hate for society when really it's not that simple and it's just not not that hierarchical It's, it's not you can't fit society into a few molds of a two boxes yeah it's not that's not how the world works absolutely not but at the end of the day there are two worlds you know and i will always tell you that the one that we perceive it to be and the one it really is and there's always kind of an in-between there of these kind of people trying to create it as themselves but um anyways (laughs) if we do try our grasp on the reality um they will always be night and day and we can never try to make it into one if we try our grasp on reality will fade and fade until we ourselves are in the pinch of mental obscurity (laughs) and um and so have fallen into that mental obscurity and just be careful you know yeah limit your screen time if it's hard and take breaks like honestly i'm on a break of instagram right now i haven't posted for over 24 hours and i will continue to do so for a few more days um but you know i hope you all learned something today and i hope you stay tuned for our next episode and i will be diving into um the uncanny valley phenomenon so if you're interested in like pastas about that um stay tuned because I'm really excited about that one. And you will always hear from Jolene again. Yay! Yay! So, um, thanks thanks to them for joining me on this research project. And it was fascinating. Have yeah, and it say? was really great to write. And yeah, if you guys want to DM the Lotus podcast to go in-depth on any more of these topics, um, yeah, just let us know. And I'd be 
really happy to research any of these. I found them all super interesting, and we couldn't get in everything because the internet is so broad and so wide, but it was still uh, really informational and interesting to look this stuff up. So. Yeah, this is kind of just a preview to the things that we talk about, you know. Um, but also, I would encourage you, if you're, you know, from overseas, if you're not from America, you can also DM me and we could talk about organizing um, a feature episode. Um, I do have a Discord, too, and that would be given to you if you look into it. But I usually do keep my DMs open on the Lotus Instagram page, which was, is always linked in the About page of my um, episodes and the About page of the podcast. So, yeah, thanks for listening. If you have stayed, um, have yeah. a good day. Stay, stay um, curious. Slay me what you want to slay. And let it's slay, 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 yeah. 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 Anyways, yeah. yeah. Alrighty, guys, bye. Bye.